What is a triple axel? It is a jump that takes off in the forward position on a left forward leg. That forward edge takeoff is very intimidating. Lifting up into the air. You probably twirl three times. Which of course just adds more time in the air, more time to have trouble, more mistakes. Coming down on one leg in a check position that can stop a rotation that comes down with 420 pounds of pressure on one foot. Whatever made you think that you could do that? What makes people think I can't? You have to understand that for those of us who knew her, it was very common to see Tanya land a triple axel. What made it so special was to land that triple axel in competition. From Minneapolis, Minnesota, of the U.S. Figure Skating Championships, so Tanya goes to Minneapolis, and we've been told she's going to go for the triple axel. She's got it in her arsenal of jumps, and we're going to see it. And here comes Tanya Harding. The triple axel was huge. That's one video we can watch over and over again. Tanya's in her mint green outfit, and the program is just stunning. She starts, and the announcers are like... And the question is whether three moves into the program she will do a triple axel first, a triple lutz. And the program builds and builds, and all of a sudden, here she's coming. Is she going to downgrade it to a double? A lot of skaters would when the stakes are that high. Now the question is whether she will become the first American to attempt and complete a triple axel jump. If you look at her face, and you look at that buildup, and you watch the power and you watch what is generated from the skates on up through the trunk. And she does those three and a half revolutions in the air. And it was like, bam. I was like, yes. And when she lands, freeze that tape. And just look at her face and take it in. The look of joy is, to me, exploded. And I think it was Dick Button that said, and it's almost as if she could hear him praise from an adult besides her coaches. Good girl. How many times do you think she heard that? Not many. You have to be willing to rewatch a movie. Oh, hell yeah. Their defense is atrocious. the rock star. is the official watch of the NBA. Everybody who listens to this podcast knows how I feel about aggregation. I'm oddly intrigued by neck tattoos. You know, we love China. We love no plan here. It comes a dunk. Shut up and listen. You think you're better than me? <laughs> Now I'm reading from Galore Mag, headline, Why Tanya Harding Never Did Her Triple Axel at the Olympics. Tanya's marriage began to fall apart after she landed the jump, uh, that is the triple axel in 1991. Not that it was so amazing to begin with, her marriage, uh, that is. Just like her mother had been, her husband was allegedly physically abusive. Uh, Everything about life after that point became confusing, she said. You don't know who to trust, who to believe. Everyone was willing at that moment to say, this is somebody that we want as our champion. And so she had huge opportunity at that moment. If we could stop her story right there, 
it would be one of the happiest stories you could ever see. How did your skating life change from that moment on? Oh, wow. Confusing. Everything about life after that point became confusing. I was 20 years old. You get thrust in to the media spotlight. You don't know who to trust, who to believe. Tanya was a complicated woman. There was personal baggage that was undeniable. I don't think there is any doubt that Tanya went from a pretty horrific childhood and the marriage to Galuli. That firestorm was going to come to a full boil. Jeff became as controlling as anyone else that had been in the picture that was trying to control Tanya. After she won nationals, money started coming in and offers and commercials and things like that. And I'm sure he saw dollar bills. Just having this guy who is literally sitting around thinking, how do I make money off her? Well, you're waking up every day and competing and practicing. And he's just sitting there. We personally blame everything on Jeff Galuli. And if she had never met Jeff Galuli, things would have turned out completely different. He is at her skating sessions, her practice sessions. He is at every interview. He is everywhere with her. So your problems with Jeff affected your skating? Yes. Do you remember the first time he hit you? One that sticks out in my head. We were at the 7-Eleven, and I got nachos. And he said that they would make me fat. And he hit him out of my hand, and then he grabs me and says, let's go. And we go, bam. I mean, I've known that I'm stupid, bitch, ugly, fat, never amount to anything for my whole entire life. I know this. Why do people not think that I would want to fight that? Be better than that. I know you would. You would want to fight it. You would want to be better than everybody says you are because you know you are in your heart. I had to learn that. The hard way. Yep. Yeah. Unfortunately, the hard way. Yeah, the 92 Olympics are definitely a bit of a letdown uh, after her 1991. Um, Tanya attempted the triple axel at the Olympics and fell. Um, she said later, my skating was great, but my life was in shambles. There was so much going through my head that it was difficult. Um, so after her sudden explosion in fame in 91, yeah, her personal life really takes a turn for the worse. Uh, her marriage to Jeff Galuli is falling apart. And suddenly Tanya's personal backstory is a major topic of media interest because suddenly she's like the it girl. Like she's winning all these gold medals and suddenly they're like, oh, I guess Christy Yamaguchi is not the, you know, face of American figure skating. And Nancy Kerrigan's not the face of American figure skating. It's this little blonde girl from Oregon, Tanya Harding. So like, what the fuck? What's her story? Like we need to, you know, if she's like this incredible... We're going to need to, you know, like look into her a little bit <laughs> and uh, make sure everyone's cool with her, you know, being the the symbol of America on on a, on an ice rink. Um, so, yeah, everyone thought that Yamaguchi and Kerrigan would be the be, be the be the ones. But uh, but yeah, Tanya basically like took it from them. Um, and so suddenly the entire country is just like, all right, like who, who are your parents like? Who's your, uh, what, what was your childhood like? What's this husband of yours? Like, 
you know, the, the way the, the, the content mill just has to like churn things out. Um, and Tanya just didn't deal with it well. Um, she began training at night. So people, oh, I don't actually know where the fuck I read this. This is kind of extreme, but uh, I did read it and put it in my notes. So I'll read it here because I do think it's it's at least something that she has claimed, I think, in an autobiography. But anyway, according to this note, um, Tiny began training at night uh, so that people uh, and photographers couldn't see the bruises from her husband Jeff beating her. What you heard was that there was a lot of yelling and screaming between the two of them. That these two emotional people were in each other's face a lot. But if there was some yelling and screaming, I would bet a dollar that she was a willing participant. Jeff said, when describing allegations of abuse, we might get into a little brawl now and then about what's going to go on. And usually she wins. So she, I mean, I'll admit it to the world. She's, she's the boss of the family. Were you in charge? <laughs> I didn't have a pair of pants back then. I had skating dress. <laughs> Sorry. Did you ever fight back physically? Yes. It doesn't work. Oh, shit. Yeah, so, you know, that can kind of mess with your uh, ability to perform, uh, I would say. Um, So, yeah, the 1992 U.S. Figure Skating Championships are in January. Um, So, as we know, nationals from the Cutting Edge Nationals come before the Olympics. So, we've got 92 nationals uh, in January in Orlando, not in Chicago, as they were in the Cutting Edge, but at the Arena in Orlando, Florida. Mm-hmm. Uh, same arena where the Orlando Magic play. Um, of course. But, uh, of course, uh, Shaquille O'Neal was not playing uh, for the Magic yet in January of 92 because he did not enter the league until later that year. Um, <laughs> so, uh, Nationals 92 in Orlando. Tanya sprains her ankle during practice for this event and still fucking skates well enough to win bronze. The irony is she's won a world title but never a national title, but uh, officially that should be less than 45 minutes away. Okay, look at this now. Tanya Harding fighting for a spot on the Olympic team. She is third after the original program. Again, in effect, these are the Olympic trials. Top three in all probability go to Alberville. Here she goes. has a very, very positive attitude and a lot more complicated life than a lot of these other women competing here. She has also has a very nice sense of style. You know, it's in good position. And of course, this jump coming up will be the name of the game here, her triple axle. That's the same type of fall that she took during practice yesterday. Well, now she's got to stay focused and complete the rest of this program, which is very important for her to hold on to her place. Her coach said she had brand new skates, so they're not totally broken in. And she also has blades that were uh, designed um, by MK. They're called Vantage. And notice that they're gold. This combination, it was intended to be a combination. It was simply a double-toe loop. 
on a sprained ankle. On a sprained ankle, uh, and uh, yeah, ankle is a fairly critical uh, part of the body mm. for figure skating. That's psychotic. Yeah, sprained your ankle during practice, not like practice in like a, for a previous competition, but like practice for this event for nationals. Sprains your ankle, still skates, and wins bronze. Uh, Yamaguchi and Kerrigan finish gold and silver, respectively. So then we have the 1992 Winter Olympics uh, held in Albertville in February of 92. Uh, so in her original program, that is her short program, uh, Tanya goes for the triple axle right at the start, and she can't quite land it. She's very close, uh, but she's tilted ever so slightly in the air, and therefore she falls down when she lands, which is a 0.5 deduction. But goddammit, she went for it. Also, we should note at this point, since uh, I was supposed to be talking about the music that Tiny Harding skates to, so this is the short program at the 92 Olympics in Albertville, France. I don't know if you want to watch wow, the whole this thing. This is so weird. It's really in Albertville. Oh, yeah. The Olympics Just, were in Albertville in real life. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. For some reason, the cutting edge changed the location of nationals, but not the Olympics. I'm not. That's something we should ask Tony Gilroy about, darn. Um, well, you know, maybe maybe we'll have future interviews where we can... It's just, I'm like, wow, it's just like in the movie. Yeah, yep. <laughs> but it's really, the movie is just like in real life. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I just uh, can imagine Tanya charging down a hallway and bumping into Doug Dorsey in his uh, hockey gear. Uh, although that was at 88, sorry, never mind. I'm getting my, right, my right. Olympics mixed up. Um, anyway, uh, I don't know if, if you want to watch this one. Yamaguchi talking about how they're all in an open relationship. Together. <laughs> yeah, Yamaguchi's like, it's orgasmic. Um, <laughs> we should watch the video together. Um, okay. And so I think it's worth seeing, uh, you know, Tanya's performance. Uh, but keep an ear out for the music uh for this uh routine arrived in alberville really late she's only been here for two days but most of the skaters have been here for over a week i talked to her coach dodie teachman she said they want to keep her at home where she's most comfortable she's a homebody also they wanted to continue her regular training schedule for as long as possible when tanya did arrive in alberville her first day of training was very difficult she had a nasty fall and she hurt her shoulder so she's been going in for physiotherapy every day then her blade started to shift on her skate so she had to get that fixed also it seems as though she's put it all behind her and she had a really good day of practice today Vern? When we return, the second American to skate Tanya Harding from Portland, Oregon Dates in 1991 Second in the world in 1991 Third in the Nationals in Orlando Last month when she was injured but she's healthy now so they know the injury at Nationals, the sprained ankle. Her opening move, a layback spin. This is unique because you are dizzy after these spins. The next thing she's going to do is the most difficult jump being performed in the ladies' event. She and Midori Ito are the only two women in the world to have landed it in competition. And here comes the triple axel. And this is big. The height and speed she has on this jump are, is incredible. 
She can't hang on to the landing. It was tilted in the air. It's going to be a 0.5 deduction. Ugh. Breaks my heart every time I see it. But if you're asking yourself, what Big in the world is rewards. that insanely filthy beat? That is an instrumental version of La Tour. People are still having sex. That's the name of the song. And she missed that same jump in <laughs> the she original is program to. in the national championships. At the Olympics. <laughs> her very first part of her first you know, short program. She's, this is the first time she's ever been to the Olympics. She didn't go to the 88 Olympics. So her first time on ice at the Olympics, and she's skating to a song called People Are Still Having Sex. So, yeah, I don't know why no one talks about that. <laughs> because that to me is just... That's Incredible. the story. Yeah, like that's tiny. Um, oh, God. It's just like an absolute banger. Even if it had like a normal title, I'd be like, holy shit, like that is so badass. But it has uh, the title, People Are Still Having Sex. Uh, of course, it was an instrumental version, so, you know, it didn't have any, any lyrics that might, you know, uh, upset or ruffle the feathers of the, uh, you know, judges or or people in attendance uh for the routine um but maybe you could you could drop a little of the uh you know the vocal version as well because uh it's a bop folks it is confirmed a bop Sadly, heartbreakingly, she falters on the triple axel, um, doesn't quite get it, and uh, and stumbles and falls a little. So the 0.5 deduction, after the 0.5 deduction, uh, she scores a lot of, you know, 5.2s and 5.3s. So that really fucking killed her. Like, she, if she had, um, 
uh, you know, landed that jump, that one jump, um, we'd probably be, you know, talking very differently about Tiny Harding as a potential right. Olympic gold medalist. Um, and it's also especially heartbreaking because after uh, we don't have to watch the the whole video, but afterward in the uh, in that video. She, uh, you know, because no matter what you do on the on the ice, you have to come off and wave to the camera and say hi. And um, she says, hi, everybody at home. Oh, well. And she's just like so cheerful and like, OK, about everything. Um, yeah. And then at the same time, takes a puff from her inhaler because she has fucking asthma. <laughs> and she's like. It's just like so, like endearing, and how how old is she? At this, uh, at this point, ninety-two. She is twenty-two years old. Yeah. So yeah, she's a child basically. Um, so she is in second place to Nancy Kerrigan, following the short program, but then is in sixth place after all the skaters finish the short program. Uh, so going heading into the long program, she is in. Sixth place, um, and then she goes for the triple axel again in the long program and misses it again, uh, which is tragic. At both 91 Skate America and the 92 Olympics, she has the same you know, routine and same musical selections. So in the long program, uh, the first song that she uses is the overture from Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. So this is all, like, I'll also, like, note that it's incredibly sad and depressing um to watch this 92 performance um because of course you know she she fails she she doesn't do what she's able to do you know because of all the distractions in her life but if you're ever feeling you know down about what happened to tanya in 92 and you want to pick yourself back up again you can go watch the uh 1991 skate america because she does the exact same routine to the exact same music and totally nails everything. So it's like, if you want to just kind of like erase like <laughs> the 92 Olympics from your memory and you're like, oh, I really want to just, I want to watch Tanya like, uh, you Succeed. know, it, it, like achieve and, and, and triumph to these incredible songs. You can just queue up the 91 Skate America and watch right. that and pretend it's the Olympics. Um, Great. Which is, I find really therapeutic personally. When you lose your concentration... It's so hard to get it back. Yeah, so this is the second song. Just listen to that sultry sax, baby. Tanya Harding chose to arrive at the Olympics later than the rest of the American team. She just came into Alberville. What is this? Okay, she this is, is a song called Europa, Earth's Cry, Heaven's Smile by um, Gato Barbieri uh, from 1976 uh, off the album Caliente. Um, yes, Gato, Gato uh, Barbieri was an Argentine jazz tenor saxophonist uh, who rose to fame during the free jazz movement in the 1960s. And my God... Um, I don't know, like, again, it's not just, like, ridiculous pop songs and movie soundtracks. It's also <laughs> this ridiculous, insane, sexy saxophone by 
This is like sultry. Yeah, I mean, it's like love making music. Let's be honest, folks. This is this is panty wedding music right here. <laughs> um, this is outrageous. Frankly, it is pornographic. It is. Yeah. I might even say orgasmic. Uh, yeah. If you ask me, if you want my opinion. Um. Yeah, and she's just doing it at the Olympics. The gold. She needed someone. <laughs> and now listen to the to third song, Chris. Yamaguchi and Tanya Harding may be the last best chance. Someone other than herself. Well, Tanya's made enough mistakes that she really has no chance of beating Christy Yamaguchi in this performance. Do you recognize this one? Double axle combination spin. So, this is ZZ Top. Uh, The song is Sleeping Bag, um, a hit single off their 1985 album Afterburner. Um, Honestly, one of my favorite songs of all time. (laughs) Uh, Definitely had this on vinyl and played it many times uh, throughout my life. particularly like a heavy like ZZ Top phase that I went through in college. Uh, shout out to my roommate Ryan Doyle. He probably remembers me putting on uh, Eliminator and Afterburner uh, back-to-back uh, many nights uh, in Coral Towers at NYU. Um, yeah, Fucking Sleeping Bag by ZZ Top is the third song that she picks in her long program. Anyway, just to recap, <laughs> the three songs that she uses for her long program at the 1992 Olympics are the theme from the opening theme from Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, <laughs> this sax song by Gato Barbieri, and Fucking Sleeping Bag by ZZ Top. I mean, when I heard ZZ Top, when I heard that song starting up, I was like, no, like, no. She didn't, she, she picked ZZ Top, and I was just like, this is my girl, man. Like, <laughs> it's just like, like that is like, uh, it's just so crazy to me yeah. that she was just like, yeah, I don't care if it's the Olympics, I'm going to play ZZ Top um, in this, you know, obscure Argentine sax song from the 70s. And also, I really like the movie Prince of Thieves. Thank you, Wolf. You wish to end this? Yeah. You wish to go home? Yeah. Then we must stop fighting amongst ourselves and face it the price for it may be dear. I, for one, would rather die than to spend my life in hiding. The sheriff calls us outlaws. But I say we are free. And one free man defending his home is more powerful than ten hired soldiers. Crusades taught me that. I will make you no promises save one. That if you truly believe in your hearts that you are free, 
then I say we can win. They got armor. They got armor, Paul. Even this boy can be taught to find the chinks in every suit of armor. But we ain't got nothing to eat. What do we need that the forest cannot provide? We have food, wood for weapons. We'll find safety and solace in our trees. Yeah, but what about our kids? Shutters take all they got too. And by God, we take it back. <sighs> Man, it's very hard for me to watch uh, her not land those uh, those jumps to the Olympics. But again, like I said, you can you can always go back and watch her skate to the exact same songs at '91 Skate America, um, and absolutely crush ass. Crush it. So then at Worlds in March of 92, following the Olympics, uh, Tanya finishes a disappointing sixth. Welcome back to Oakland. We're backstage at the World Figure Skating Championships. Tanya Harding-Gilluli is trying to turn around what has been a tough year so far. After finishing fourth at the Winter Olympics, she returned to her old coach, Diane Rawlinson. Rawlinson took a look at the skates she'd used in Alberville and decided that the blades had been mismounted and improperly sharpened, so she decided new blades were in order. While they were waiting for the new blades to arrive, Tanya couldn't jump or spin, so they had some free time and decided to completely revamp her two programs. She's skating a new program today. She hopes that and the triple axle can carry her to a medal and perhaps find herself in the process. Yamaguchi and Kerrigan again win gold and silver. And here is the stubborn, tough, talented 21-year-old Tom Boy from Portland, Oregon, determined to rebound here in Oakland from that fourth-place finish in Alberville. Original program, new blades, new strategy. What a way to go into the world championships. A different side of Tanya skating to Moon River. Tanya's kind of falling off at this point while those two are continuing to, you know, remain at the at the top of the mountain. At 92, Skate America. Uh, at this point, uh, Yamaguchi has gone pro uh, after winning gold at her second straight Worlds in 92. Oh, and of course, we should note that uh, Christy Yamaguchi won gold at the 92 Olympics, uh, if you're not aware of that. Uh, the aforementioned Midori Ito won silver, uh, Kerrigan won bronze, and I think Tanya finished fourth. Yeah, Tanya Harding finished fourth at the Olympics, so just missed the podium. Yamaguchi, Ito, and Kerrigan are gold, silver, and bronze. So yeah, 92, Skate America. Uh, at this point, Yamaguchi's gone pro. Um, Kerrigan competes here and wins silver. And uh, Tiny Harding, I think either didn't... I, I, I think Harding didn't actually even compete at 92, Skate America. Um, so then we have 1993. Um, at the 93 U.S. Figure Skating Championships in January in Phoenix, Kerrigan wins gold. Uh, and Harding Galuli at this point is the name that she's going by. She finishes fourth. And then uh, later that year, August 28th, 1993, uh, Tanya Harding divorces Jeff Galuli. In her book, The Tanya Tapes, she shared that after her split from Jeff in 1993, according to Tanya in her autobiography, The Tanya Tapes, 
she said that after her split from Jeff in 1993, a USFSA representative asked her to try to reconcile with him, quote, to get the marks and make the Olympic team. The representative said that they that the judges believed that she had a stable li- a more stable life when Tiny was married to Jeff, which is of course ludicrous since uh, as we know Jeff was abusive to her and we also know what he did later. Um, but because of that uh, little warning from again a member of the US figure skating governing body, uh, Tiny gets back together with Jeff. So she reconciles with Jeff later in ninety three. I feel like that's in line with what we talked about with the conventions of figure skating yeah. being inherently conservative and yeah, just, traditional and forcing people into a box. Yeah. Completely retrograde and sexist and something that literally just like has not evolved past like the 1930s or 40s and uh in the tanya tapes well i don't know if we really want to get into this there's a a very grisly story about um a uh a, a night uh with jeff in 1993 uh during which he is extremely physically abusive and chases her and i don't know we don't need to get into all the details of that it's uh pretty harrowing um but i'll just sum it up by saying yeah jeff is not a good guy um kind of uh uh, an absolute monster and uh anyway uh at 93 skate america uh tiny is back she wins bronze um despite all of these you know just insane personal um just you know trauma in her life uh but she wins bronze at skate america in 1993 um a uh, skater by the name of oksana bayul wins gold um and then 94 of course is the year it all happened again we don't need to get into all the details you should you know everyone either knows the story or if not you can look it up and watch a million documentaries and movies about it good morning again robin we all know that tanya harding's legacy will be forever linked to that infamous attack on nancy kerrigan back in 1994 a hit planned by her ex-husband in which harding says she played no role but now she is revealing that she did hear something prior to that attack what happened? She said some some guy hit her. Hit her? Some man hit her. It was the whack heard around the world. Why? Why? America's figure skating sweetheart Nancy Kerrigan clubbed in the knee at the 1994 U.S. Figure Skating Championship. Her hopes of qualifying for the Olympics seemingly dashed. It makes you cringe hearing it because you know how much that it had to have hurt and why someone would do this. What are they after? I was scared. For your own safety? Yes, and anybody else's. I mean, this is this had never happened. I'm pretty upset and angry that someone would do this, and I really want to skate today, but the doctors all said I shouldn't. Nancy Kerrigan will not be competing in the 1994 legs United States Figure Skating Championships. It's sad. But she was your competition. Competitors, yes. Rivals, no. Was there any part of you that felt relief that you wouldn't have to compete against her to get on the team? Absolutely not. So you didn't think with her out of the competition, victory was yours? No, it's not. Any of us could have won. Any of us could have failed. 
Tanya went on to win the championship. Tanya Harding is the 1994 national champion. And secured a spot on the Olympic team. Meanwhile, rumors swirled around the 20-year-old's possible involvement in Kerrigan's attack as the FBI zeroed in on Harding's ex-husband, Jeff Galuli, who conspired with a team of assailants to carry out the attack. Harding has always denied she helped plan the hit. You never said to Jeff, let's do this. No. No. He never asked for your permission. No. And you were never part of the planning. No. I did, however, overhear them talking about stuff where, well, maybe we should take somebody out so we can make sure she gets on the team. And I remember telling them, I go, what the hell are you talking about? I can skate. So you heard them talking about doing something to someone before the attack on Nancy, but nothing specific. This was like a month or two months before. But they were talking about skating and saying, well, maybe somebody should be taken out so then, you know, she can make it. Taken out. So then when you heard about the attack on Nancy, did that pop back into your head? I heard no. them talking a month ago. I didn't know what was going on. Now, 24 years later, Harding says she's done apologizing about Kerrigan's attack. <sighs> Enough apologizing. She's got her life. I've got my life. We both have wonderful lives. And that should be all that matters. The assault on Kerrigan happens uh, January 6th, 1994. Um, during nationals uh, in Detroit, Michigan. Yeah, I wrote a bunch of notes about, you know, all the people involved, Sean Eckhart and fucking Galuli and Derek Smith and Shane Stant and, um, you know, the cast of characters that actually uh, carried out this assault um, who are equally comical and horrible um, and sad and depressing. Oh, yeah, one kind of crazy little historical footnote is that, um, so as I mentioned, the attack on Kerrigan happens at Nationals, um, which Tanya is also competing in, and uh, Tanya Harding won gold at those Nationals <laughs> two days after the attack. Well, earlier this week, Tanya Harding said her horoscope for the week was great. Well, this is what the horoscope said. A long-cherished goal moves within reach. You feel elated. The outside resources or talents you need are available. Your leadership skills put you ahead of the pack. That was her horoscope for today. And she told us today, she said, I know there are a lot of people out there who think I'm a has-been. I have something to prove tonight. Well, she has the next four and a half minutes to make her point. It'll be very interesting to see whether she plays this conservatively or not. She can be powerful, intimidating, and vulnerable all at the same time. And will she do a triple axel? this music to Jurassic Park. Her opening jump is a triple Lutz. Huge! <laughs> it really had a lot of height, very much in control. 
Now, if she, she is won gold at that event, which is, you right? know, again, sort of something that's forgotten because it's just completely lost to history. Yeah, people don't, um, you know, uh, sh- because within that amount of time, people didn't hadn't realized what had happened. The FBI hadn't, you know, taken in these, uh, you know, the the assailants. Um, that literally happened like just a week later because they were so bumbling and stupid that they like just immediately like got caught and then started ratting on each other. Um, but yeah, Tanya won gold at the 1994 uh, U.S. Championships. Uh, she's later stripped of that medal. Um, but at the time, the win qualified her for the Olympics, which is why she did continue on and compete in the 1994 Winter Olympics, um, which, of course, was the first time that they happened, you know, in two-year intervals because um, they decided to go back and forth between summer and winter. Uh, so the 94 Olympics are in uh, Norway. Is that right? Um, yeah, Lillehammer, of course. How could I forget Lillehammer? Oh, Lillehammer. Yeah, 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 yeah we all yeah. remember that. Um, yeah, it's weird how, like, 92 and 94 get, like, kind of lumped in and kind of mixed up in my head. But... um I think because it was, like, so, you know, shortly yeah, afterward. No, yeah, yeah, I was like, But, yeah, there's, like, a crazy timeline of the whole, like, surrender to the FBI and the negotiation of the plea bargain and blah, 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 And the U.S. Olympic Committee holding a hearing to try to bar Tanya from competing in Lillehammer. Um, oh, this is actually sort of interesting. I'll, I'll uh, bring this up. So, um, yeah, basically following the, the arrest and, and uh, the, the plea bargains that Galuli negotiates for um, and the testimony given by the other people involved, you know, it's, it's pretty clear that if Tanya wasn't, uh, you know, didn't, did, obviously didn't carry out the attack itself, but it was, there were a lot of, lots of evidence that implicates her perhaps in the planning of it. And so the United States Olympic Committee holds a hearing this is in February of 94, prior to the Olympics. They hold a hearing to try to bar Tanya from competing in the Olympics uh, the next month. But Tanya and her attorneys sue the USOC in order to allow her to compete. Uh, they settle out of court so that she drops her suit. And on February 13th, the U.S. Olympic Committee makes the controversial decision to keep Tanya on the Olympic team. Officials claim that the suit had nothing to do with their decision, but rather there just wasn't enough time to hold the proper hearing. They didn't want it to be a distraction for the other Olympians. I just love that little footnote that Tanya was like, you're going to try to bar me from the Olympics. I'll just fucking sue you. Like you can't do that. Cause I right. mean, I wasn't, she was never, you know, um, uh, convicted of any crime or anything like that. So yeah, she basically sh- sued in order to compete. So then, yeah, the, on February 17th of 94, Harding and Kerrigan shared the ice at a practice session, uh, which is, you know, this absolutely insane, you know, media tabloid event of the century. The figure skaters at Northern Lights Hall today. The ladies free skate, of course, tomorrow night. Today, a day devoted to practice. Tanya Harding of the United States on the ice. Beautiful triple axle here. Whatever problems she had technically last night weren't apparent on that jump there. But watch this spin. It's amazing. Every now and then you're reminded that it is still figure skating. Well, Tanya took it in good stride at the end of the practice. Oh, it was also noted that uh, during that practice session, Nancy Kerrigan chose to wear the exact same skating costume that she was wearing the day day that uh, Shane Stant attacked her. Um, Kerrigan later confirmed that her choice of of dress that day was deliberate. Um... 
and the tape-delayed broadcast of the February 23rd Ladies Olympic Technical Program is one of the most watched telecasts in U.S. history. Uh, I think at the time it was like the fifth most watched TV program in history. It was like literally like the MASH finale, uh, the you know Dallas Who Shot Jr., uh, yeah. the Roots miniseries, and then uh-huh. the Tanya Nancy short program at the 94 Olympics. Like that's how much of a of a sensation it was um would love to know where um where oj figures and all that the bronco chase but But again oj appears to be holding a gun to his head well david the uh the 405 is not too much farther down the 91 the next next, uh, major will go to to his mother's house will be the long beach or the 710 freeway and after that uh, would be the 110 freeway we're getting and then after that you'd hit the 405 so, uh, I mean, it, it, at this point, we, we really have no idea which uh, uh, or where the final destination uh, may be for uh, a purported O.J. Simpson inside this uh, white Bronco. You are listening to KCL's coverage. There's an anchor in the studio and a man in the helicopter, a reporter. Oh, man, yeah, because that was all before O.J. Um, that's a very, very good question. That's got to be up yeah, there. It's got to be factored in. Probably, yeah. Feel free to drop as much, um, you know, oh, Al, Al Cowling's uh, archival yeah. as, you, as you deem necessary here, Chris. Um, so on February 25th, Tanya Harding finishes eighth in the Olympics. Uh, Nancy Kerrigan, having bravely recovered from her injury. Actually, I shouldn't say it, you know, sarcastically like that. It was pretty wild, actually, that Kerrigan, you know, came back from that attack uh, and, uh, you know, the injury that she suffered. Um and skated, uh, skated in the Olympics, uh, you know, just a few short weeks after. Um, Kerrigan won silver, which was a controversial thing at the time. Uh, gold was won by uh, Ukrainian skater Oksana Bayul. Um, so, yeah, as, as you've uh, already dropped in in previous episodes, Chris, there was an issue with a broken skate uh, during Tanya's long program. Uh, she's given a reskate by the judges and finishes in eighth. Um and then in June of 94, you know, months later, the U.S. FSA votes to strip her of her 94 Nationals gold medal and bans her for life from participating in U.S. FSA events as either a skater or coach. I would like to begin by saying how sorry I am about what happened to Nancy Kerrigan. I am embarrassed and ashamed to think that anyone close to me could be involved. I was disappointed not to have the opportunity to compete against Nancy at Nationals. I have a great deal of respect for Nancy. My victory at Nationals was unfulfilling without the challenge of skating against Nancy. had no prior knowledge of the planned assault on Nancy Kerrigan. I am responsible, however, for failing re- for failing to report things I learned about the assault when I returned home from nationals. Many of you will be unable to forgive me for that. It will be difficult to forgive myself. 
When I returned home Monday, June, January 10th, 1994, I was exhausted, but still focused on the national championships. Within the next few days, I learned that some persons that were close to me may have been involved in the assault. My first reaction was one of disbelief. And the disbelief was followed by shock and fear. I have since reported this information to the authorities. Although my lawyers tell me that my failure to immediately report this information is not a crime. I know I have let you down, but I have also let myself down. But I still want to represent my country in Lillehammer, Norway, next month. Despite my mistakes and my rough edges, I have nothing, I have done nothing to violate the standards and excellence of, sport, of sportsmanship that are expected in an Olympic athlete. Nancy Kerrigan and I can show the world two different types of figure skating. I look forward to being on the team with her. I have, I have devoted my entire life to one objective, winning an Olympic gold medal for my country. This is my last chance. I ask only for your understanding and the opportunity to re represent my country with the best figure skating performance of my life. Thank you. They basically just were like, we're going to take away, like... We're done with you. Yeah, we're going to take away the one thing that you have. Um, and uh, sadly enough, that's where my notes end, Chris. I <laughs> didn't didn't hey, really do you know, go beyond do that. Do you know Kerrigan's injury, what what that was? Was it was it? A I actually think broken? it was just like a like a like a deep bruise, like a like a bone deep bruise. bruise. Yeah. I was gonna say it wasn't like a broken kneecap. Yeah, no, there wasn't there wasn't any like structural damage. Um, so she I'm was like able... reading this now, and I don't I don't see like there there were, I'm not reading anything about like a tendon. Yeah, was there was no like broken or torn anything. Um, so it was it was basically just like a like a big you know uh, uh, definitely like a very heavy contusion. and significant bruise contusion right. Um, but I mean, just the fact that, like, psychologically, emotionally, like that, she was able yeah. to to get back yeah, and yeah, and yeah. compete like yeah. that is honestly pretty fucking incredible. And hats yeah. off to Kerrigan. Um, also, like a fun footnote, I don't have this in my notes, so I don't I forget the exact story. But um, following those Olympics, Kerrigan herself got in some trouble for like swearing at Disney World. Do you remember this story? She said something like she was like caught oh, on like yeah. a hot mic saying like this is the corniest fucking thing I've ever done when she was on some like float, like some like parade float with like Mickey Mouse standing next to her. Kerrigan even had to be coached to smile. Now listen carefully to the off-camera voice that has to tell her to smile, honey. 
What's this for? Well, this is going to be uplinked to um, most of the stations across the country. They're eager to hear about you. <laughs> we have an attitude problem here. We just wanted to welcome you back. During a parade, Kerrigan complained to Mickey Mouse. It's so corny, so dumb. I hate it. The most corny thing I've ever done. also arranged for Kerrigan to make appearances on the morning talk shows. Today in L.A., viewers got only an empty chair until Kerrigan finally showed up only seconds before the end of the show. Hi, Southern California. Apparently, somebody forgot to remind Nancy Kerrigan that Disney is paying her a reported $2 million to make television appearances like these, a movie and a TV deal. It looks like Disney has a frosty ice princess on their hands. Yes, and like it or not, you're going to get a lot more of Icy Nancy. Today she signed yet another multi-million dollar deal, this time with a Revlon Cosmetics company. She's already got deals with Campbell's Soup and, of course, Reebok. And President Clinton today invited Nancy and the entire Olympic team to the White House. It is not known, though, if Tanya Harding got the same invitation. Again, just kind of proving the whole, like, media image of her as this, like, perfect, you know, virginal, pristine, yeah, a little, like, beauty queen, figure skater. She's just a normal person who also, like, you know, had her own uh, shortcomings, if you will. But uh, I wouldn't obviously call swearing at Disney World a shortcoming. If anything, I'd give her more credit and respect for that. But, uh, yeah, so that's the story of Tanya uh, in my book. That's that's the one that I like to remember. Um, Less of the mess and the drama and honestly just the tragedy and hardship of her life, which was not her fault. Um, again, not saying that she was perfect or did nothing wrong, uh, because that would be ridiculous to claim, but yeah, she grew up in very, very tough, tough circumstances. Uh, and for a brief and fleeting moment there, she was far and away the best fucking figure skater in the country, if not the world. And, and a bit of a daredevil, bit of a tastemaker. And on an the absolute ice. goddamn badass skating yeah. to the likes of Tone Loke and ZZ Top and Danny Elfman <laughs> and fucking... Oh, yeah, I mean, as I, I didn't even uh, uh, remember to note that at the 94 Olympics, she skates to the Jurassic Park theme song. Yeah, the Jurassic um, Park theme song was insane. Yeah, I mean, uh, if I had more time to research, I would have found all the every other song during that 94 program. I'm sure they were equally awesome. We should. We had the Jurassic Park theme in the uh, Cutting Edge, right, episode? Yeah, yeah, I yeah, in, in one of the first yeah. episodes of, uh, of the Cutting yeah, Edge, because yeah, yeah. we, um, we have all that archival of the Broken Skate. Um, yeah. But yeah, um, you know, fate and circumstance didn't didn't really smile kindly on Tanya. But goddamn, I just want to shine a little light on the fact that she was just incredible and uh, such a gifted skater and such a fantastic fucking musical, you know, DJ uh, to her own talent. And uh, yeah, so I. Um, guess i don't really have anything more to say than that but hats thank off you, to you Chris, tanya harding for you letting paved me the way. <laughs> for well, you paved me. the way you paved the way for doug dorsey you paved the way yep. for kate mosley and really frankly, you, you paved the way for ben craw here yeah. goddamn inspiration um, and a trailblazer yeah um and uh yeah i maybe like god maybe we can like put a playlist together maybe i'll try to make a spotify playlist of all of tanya harding's yeah, songs that'd be cool. and share it online with everyone 
Um, remind me that I said that so I actually follow up. That would be fun to do. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for indulging me. If you're actually still listening to this ridiculous episode or I don't know, however many it's going to be. Um, but you know, when, uh, when, when my teacher, Chris, uh, demands that I hand in my paper, sorry, teach, this is what I got. Yeah, Yeah. this is what I got for you. So congratulations. uh, I hope you give me a good grade. uh, uh, this is you did very well. <laughs> you did very please well. Please don't penalize me. Don't don't give me a point five deduction for nope. Uh, incomplete or uh, we're you thrilled know, with your work. Body work. Yeah, no, we're thrilled with your work. Very thorough as always, and uh, we appreciate you. And uh, yeah, a lot of fun as always. Um, we'll be back next week with more. <laughs> <laughs> more of the same and um, or guess what you'll never believe what we've got more yeah alright Ben uh, till next time thanks for listening and uh, we'll talk to you next week this has been good you've been listening to Switch, Switch. 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 Switch.